Hey guys, how's it going? Um, this episode, I want to talk about kind of the other side of things I haven't really quite gotten to yet. Um, I have had a rough few days with this particular subject, so... Um, so far in this series, I've talked a lot about the cycle of abuse, how we get stuck in these relationships, and why it's so hard to leave them. Um, I've talked a lot about why it's so unhealthy for us, and, you know, that it can do harm to us. Um, it's a lot of anxiety and depression that you deal with. And then, you know, once you're out of it, there's some PTSD and flashbacks and nightmares and just kind of like emotions all over the place. There's a, a really intricate healing process afterwards. Um, even for me, it's, it's a lot of like sheer terror and fear um, at times that I feel about him. And I've shared those experiences openly now, which has made me feel better. And, uh, you know, letting other people tell their story on the show and how it affected them and how they've coped with it um, has been good for me, too. I feel really empowered to move on from this stuff now. And, you know, it's brought me the gift of being able to empower other women and men. Actually, I'm getting ready to have a man on the show. Um, to gain their sense of self-worth and voice back, you know, that gets taken away when we experience toxic, abusive relationships. So that's been all good. Um, but something I haven't, something I haven't touched on much is the feelings we have to kind of deal with, the feelings that lie in between the lines um, I was listening to the end of a movie not too long ago, kind of just in the background over my break from school around Christmas time. And I heard one of the characters say, somewhere between right and wrong is a garden. I'll meet you there. And it stopped me in my tracks. And it brought huge crocodile tears to my eyes. And I I went back to a place that I hadn't been in a long time. And I felt like my heart was breaking in my chest. Um, it made me realize that I still have to face and figure out the feelings I didn't know were really there still. So this has become my new goal recently in therapy, this is, this is what I'm going to tackle next. Um, I've tackled understanding what happened to me. I've tackled the anger that it brought. I've tackled the, you know, kind of the depression that I had to come out of and, and the anxiety and being scared. I've tackled all that, but I, I haven't quite tackled the leftover lingering feelings that, that are kind of in between the lines, the gray area. So, you know, I think it's really easy to, you know, it's easy to, 
to love them and stay in la-la land like we talked about and to downplay the wrongs and the bad behavior and the, you know, the things that they do. And it's also really easy to be so angry with them you don't care about them anymore or it feels that way anyways. Um, and anger is is definitely a huge part of the grieving process when you find out everything, you know. There's a lot to find out after you leave the person. Um, and whatever order that goes in, it, it's not linear, you know. It, you know, everybody's going to experience it differently. But the hard state to deal with is being at peace with the departure. When you're where I'm at, when you're living your new life and you're feeling much better you know, but there's still that, that stuff that's, that's bugging you and, and it's been bugging me lately. So I need to go, I need to go deal with that in therapy. So what is this stuff that I'm talking about? Um, for me, I think it's that I'm okay now. I'm feeling much better. Um, but he's still suffering. You know, as much as, as much as they don't sometimes and they're able to cope with, you know, um, life in a different way and kind of that armor that they build around themselves to keep people out and, and, you know, the things that they do to not face what they've done or how they feel, um, they do suffer and it bothers me, you know, it does. I know I, I can't be the one to help him now. I know he has to be the one who wants the help, right? Can't be codependent. Um, but I think this part's still hard for me because we were pretty close to getting there, maybe. Um, we were on a level at the end where we were becoming so upfront about what was going on, um, you know, having conversations out loud about him not being well and you know he had admitted to me and we had been having open conversations that he had a problem with cheating and being a sex addict and a pathological liar and you know the fact that I mean he said to me that he knows he feels like total shit unless he's seeing multiple women. Um, you know, we were having upfront conversations about him drinking too much and he had admitted to me a few times, you know, when I was trying to get him to talk that he purposely destroys relationships with women when he starts to feel in love and attached because he doesn't want them to be able to do it to him first. He said that to me, um, which I kind of knew. He said he couldn't handle the pain in that, but also he was getting to a point where um, the situation was becoming unmanageable. He was becoming more out of control and, you know, not as sly and not as good at it. He wasn't as on his game and it was creating a huge amount of stress to deal with in his life when all of this was going down with us at the end. So it's just been 
a cycle of this for him and he can't stop. And I was frank with him and told him that unless he got help, um, this list of symptoms and the same repetitive situation he was having go on were going to continue to not only create chronic stress and ruined relationships in his life, but also that it was going to continue to hurt many women. Um, and I have a problem with both. I do. I have a problem with both of those things. So there was a point in the relationship where I wasn't in denial anymore. I did understand it was a game to him on on some level. You know, it's like a sport almost. It's weird. Um, there was a point where I did understand he was sick. And I thought I fell in love with him in the beginning. And maybe there's some truth to that, you know. But the problem with that is that I don't know super clearly, like black and white, which days or which which days or which moments in the beginning he was love bombing me and which moments were just him being fond of a woman he was developing feelings for. Um, I do know I was extremely nervous around him in the beginning. I didn't really trust him. You know, if I go back and think about how I was feeling, he seemed innocent. He acted like the perfect, most sweet guy I wanted for so long. Um, like I talked about earlier on in the series, but I felt nervous around him. I I kind of thought it was just that I liked him and had the butterflies thing, only it was like really bad because I really liked him. And the nervousness that I felt only subsided when we made love. Um, I, I actually was extremely comfortable with that aspect of our relationship, which felt good. But my nervousness always retur- returned shortly after um that like minutes after when we were you know like still laying in bed together after um and sometimes it got so bad even to the point where I'd get up and leave at like midnight one o'clock in the morning instead of staying over and that upset him of course so um I kind of thought this was leftovers from my past and being scared of letting a man get close to me which there is some truth to that too I have been scared of that um but Kind of what I'm realizing lately, which is kind of complicated things a little, is I think I actually may have developed my love for him during the times he was truly being vulnerable with me, which didn't come until much later on. Um, The version of himself that I'm talking about when he was vulnerable with me he hated and thought so poorly of that version of himself and would go to such extreme lengths to almost like kill it off. It's like he wanted so badly to kill that part of him that did feel feelings. He he resented the part of him that did love me and that did feel attachment. That part of him seemed like it felt threatening to him. Um, so when I'm asked now if I ever really loved him, my answer is yes. I think I 
loved the person deep down inside who was him before he fell ill and became this way. I rarely got to see him, but I know he's in there. And it made me stay in the relationship, um, you know, along with the brainwashing and all the other things we've talked about. Um, But, you know, the trauma bonding and everything. But I saw, you know, he was not okay. And so I just, there was something in me that I just wanted to dig and dig and dig and try to get him, you know, try to get to him so I could be with that version of him. It's like he was suffocating deep down in there and I I wanted to help him out, but he wouldn't allow it. Um, he wouldn't allow me to get close. Sometimes he let me see the real him on accident, you know, even though he tried really hard not to. Sometimes it did. It happened on accident um, when he was drunk or just really tired and beat down. Um, one night particularly really stands out to me. I could tell he was having a rough time, um, you know, inside. And that night he laid on my chest for a long time. I was just kind of quiet and I rubbed his head and I did. I saw the armor go down that night and he looked up at me after a while while he was laying on me. And when I saw his eyes that night, they were different. Um, I could see he did have a heart and that he was trying to love me like I loved him. He just didn't know how I could I could see his shame. That's what I saw. Um, I could tell a lot by his eyes. Like, when he was love bombing me or being manipulative, his eyes and face had almost like a cartoon essence to it. And the first night I met him, he definitely, that's definitely what I saw. Like a Disney character. It's weird. Like, like, almost like he looks animated or something. And when he was in his angry state or when he was, you know, trying to scare me or intimidate me, um, or when I thought he wanted to hurt me, his eyes looked empty or like glazed over. Um, but when he was like, he was this night I'm talking about, he would, he would not do a whole lot of talking, but when he was in these spells of going through this, he would tell me he feels so empty inside. He said that to me on a couple of occasions and that he just wants to feel loved and never does. Um, while this was hard to hear him say, as I went to very great lengths for him to see and believe that I loved him, I knew it, I knew it wasn't my fault that he was feeling that way. I knew it wasn't me. Um, but this was an issue that was there long before me and it was something that affected him so much. And the most heartbreaking part is no matter how much I tried to tell him that, that I knew there was something wrong and that if we could just go get him some help and get us some help, because I viewed us as one, you know, when I, when I was with him, um, you know, if we could go get us some help that we had the potential to stay together and heal together, 
you know, I recognized that we were both hurting. It wasn't just me. And, you know, he had hurt me, yes, like unbelievably. Um, but I, I do recognize that hurt people hurt. And I told him that all the time. I wanted to see, you know, I wanted him to see so badly. As I do with anyone I help in their mental health. That uh, the demons and what, what you're dealing with is not anything to be ashamed of. You know, I wanted him to know that it's, it wasn't his fault he struggled in this way. You know, and this is, this is aside from the abusive behavior. That is his responsibility and he does need to take accountability for his actions. But I wanted so much more for him than this same repeated mess he was making with women in his life. This person, deep down inside, does long for love and marriage and children, I think. You know, he would glow when we would talk about having kids. A little boy. Um, but, you know, I wasn't willing to do any of that with him unless he'd stop and get help, and he wouldn't. So... When I got to a certain point and I saw how malignant this issue was for him, I chose myself and I chose the women he was hurting and I, and I had to walk away and I stand by that decision. I do. Um, I think mostly what I am dealing with right now is some regret. I wanted so badly to go to his parents, um, during my relationship with him and in the last few days, through conversation with some of the other women he was with during my time with him, um, I've reached out. I've reached out to some of them, and you know, to try to gain closure in my recovery process, but also to check on them and make sure they're doing okay. But um, I have found out that going to his mom actually may have been a viable option for me. Uh, I wasn't extremely close with her, not on a level someone should be in dating someone for nearly two years, but we were friends and, you know, we were fond of each other in our own way. And I think a lot of the time she could read the pain on my face and I could feel it when she would hug me that she kind of knew. And you know, I could feel it with her sometimes too. I could tell when she was having a rough day when we would get over there. So there was some connection, but there, there definitely was a protective thing there too. Obviously, you know, this is her son and I knew she probably had some suspicions about the way some of his other relationships had ended, but that she stood by him and didn't you know, understand the magnitude of the situation in his life. He really is very good at, at hiding this to the outside world. He, he's had slip-ups, obviously, but for the amount of double and triple life living this man's done, it's actually quite profound how many people do not know and how much he gets away with. So I always wanted to go to his mom for help, but feared, A, she wouldn't have it and and she wouldn't be welcoming of it, you know, understandably. 
And B, um, I was scared he'd find out and was scared of how angry he would be with me for going to his mom. So I didn't. And I think to hear that one of them, you know, did say something to her. One of them did go to his mom. And that it sounded as though she was somewhat aware of this issue with him. And to hear, you know, after talking to a few of them, that he does bring multiple women around and is fairly blatant about it in front of his parents. Um, that's hard for me to hear now because I really wanted to ask for their help and just sit him down with all of us and say to him, you know, we're here for you and we love you and it's okay to ask for help with this stuff. I wanted him to feel supported and be able to face this thing with his parents being there for him too and me. Um, now whether he would have you know, eventually taking that as, as genuine and not an attack as he does everything else. I don't know. I don't know how he would have taken it, but it's hard not knowing now because I felt like I was starting to get there with him at the end when we were having these more open conversations about his issues. And I think he was finally starting to understand that I viewed him as a human being as a separate entity to his disorder and abusive side. Um, as with anyone I care for as a nurse, they are not defined by their illness. And, you know, I'm at a point where I'm dealing, dealing with a different type of anger than I've dealt with, which I remember dealing with a lot when I was with him. And it's, it's bringing me backwards a little bit, maybe. Um, so what is this, what's this anger I'm talking about? Well, I'm not mad at him anymore. It's, it's anger for the fact that someone I really feel was a meaningful individual in my life, um, someone who maybe was my person during this time, has to be this sick. I'm angry. He's this sick. Um, it's a lot like the anger I felt when my mom had cancer. You know, uh, it's the closest thing I could relate it to. Because I knew I was going to have to say goodbye. I knew it was going to take her away from me. And I knew that, that, you know, this, this took him away from me. So, um, you know, there's a side of it that is still very painful for my heart. And a side that makes me mad, I can't save him and be with him. Um, I'm angry he's this unhealthy for me to a point where I had to say goodbye. So, how to deal with it if you're going through this with your person? Well, going back is not the answer, right? We know that. Um, having communication with them over these types of feelings is not the answer and breaking no contact. Uh, I almost sat down and wrote him an email today. I actually did write it and just didn't send it. And I decided to do this episode instead.
because he is not someone I need to ever be involved with again. It's not safe for me personally. Um, and, you know, there is someone out there who he doesn't have emotional power and control over who isn't affected by him the way I am. That is m- more appropriate for him to get help from, right? We don't do open heart surgery on our family members. This is why. Uh, You can't treat, you can't treat family because you can't give effective health care to someone you love. Love gets in the way. Uh, Needs to be neutral. And, you know, also, he has a weird thing with me. I don't, I don't know all of the details of his thoughts about me and he has displayed enough um, obsessive behavior and scary behavior towards me that it could become dangerous, you know. I fear him at times, and it's for a reason. So, best to stick with no contact and stay away. That's not the answer. Um, I, don't, I don't know that I even really have like a full-blown answer for you, but I'll tell you this. I will get one. I'm going to go get one as to how to deal with this. And when I do, over the next month or so, it usually takes me about three to four sessions to nail something like this down in therapy. I will let you all know. Uh, In the meantime, what I can tell you to do is to honor your feelings safely. So what I mean by that is you don't You don't have to, you know, you don't have to go no con, you don't have to break your no contact. Um, You honor your, your feelings that you have for them, but if you're feeling like you may relapse and have contact while you're going through it, you need to tell a friend you feel safe with on this subject. You know, like I said in the prior episode, give them your phone for the day. If you're feeling like you are having the urge to talk to them, uh, go to a support group and put your thoughts out there to other survivors who know how this feels and they'll know what to say to you to give you the support and encouragement not to do that and remind you why it's important not to do that. Um, I had to do that too this morning. So seek advice from people who have gone through it and are in, are in a good place in their recovery and go to therapy. You know, if that's an option for you, do it. Do what I'm doing. Dig deep like this and be really honest with yourself. Don't be too proud um, to say, you know, yeah, I still, I still love them sometimes. I, I don't, I, I mean, I personally don't, I don't, I flip flop back and forth so much, you know, and it's still, it's still a bit confusing for me. I know a lot now. I've learned a lot now about this kind of relationship and, you know, and the psychology behind it. And I've learned a lot about how to help myself out of it. I am out of it. I'm doing better, but I'm, I'm not too proud when I'm struggling to say that I am. And I'm not too proud to share it with you guys and, and help you too. So what I do is I just write it down. I write down what I'm going through and then I take it to someone, you know, a therapist who knows how to help me heal from it. So if you're feeling that too, it takes one phone call, sometimes two, 
to get the therapy ball rolling and it's a good ball to have in your court. And lastly, you know, just be still with yourself. Uh, stop avoiding and running from your stuff. I, I personally used to have a huge problem with that. Um, pain and heartbreak is rather uncomfortable. I know. And there's, there's ways to relieve it, but there's, that's not always the best choice. So let the tears flow, write the pain down, release it out of you, however you need to, and, you know, try and stay positive and faithful in the fact that you will be happy and have a loving relationship and you will have a good life and have faith in yourself, you know. Faith in yourself is more important than than the faith in your relationship. I had to learn that. And if it's time to let go, do it. Love yourself always. Don't ever be cruel to yourself. And don't ever let anyone else be cruel to you. To you. you know, just to stay in a relationship. It's not worth it. You don't deserve that. So... There's my thoughts on today with dealing with lingering feelings. All right, guys. Much love. Till next time.